Welcome to another episode of the Red Arrow Health and Wellness Podcast. I'm your host, Marco, with my cross-eyed co-host, Jessica. Stop making faces at me. This is going to be a hard episode to get through. Sorry. I had to. It's a little bit different. It is. The sun is shining. The sun is shining. We're not doing this at night. We've got the window open to remind us that it's not night, even though I'll probably screw it up like every time we do a morning episode or a morning recording and say, what are you doing? What are you drinking tonight and tonight and tonight and tonight? Mm Mm-hmm. Because I forget that it's daytime. Yeah. Morning. Morning. Oh, how's it going, Jessica? It's going well. How are you, Marco? I'm all right. I'm awake. I'm awake, too. What are you drinking? Water. How exotic. Well, I mean, it's morning, and I've already had my coffee, so now it's time for water. There you go. Yeah. What do you got over there? Coffee. Just coffee. Uh, there actually is a little bit of sugar-free chocolate uh, syrup okay. and a little bit of caramel in there, too. That's fun. No cream. Nothing fun, though? Uh, fake replacement. No, nothing fun. <laughs> Zero-carb sugar replacement whatever stuff. Nothing fun. <laughs> I've got stuff to do today. So do we've I. Got, no, we've got to repodcast, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, when has a, a few adult beverages slowed us down from podcasting? But I actually Never. have productive things I need to do throughout the day, yeah. and then we can perhaps kick back with uh, adult beverages yeah. later this evening. Probably. But for now, uh, you with your water, which... Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a, It's in a plastic cup. Oh, yeah, that's that one that looks like a pint glass, but it's really just plastic. Yep. And me with my coffee mug. Cheers. Cheers. That was so weak, but... Well, it's a plastic cup. And I have a very full coffee cup. Well, I need this cup of coffee this morning, mm-hmm. or I very much want this cup of coffee this morning. I don't think the electronics want it spilled all over it. That's they not going to help don't. things. No. No, don't do that. Well, we have a fun topic for this episode, but before we get to all that, how was your week? <laughs> My week was uh, hard and long. That's like... <laughs> <laughs> Actually, what came to mind was the opening of uh, Hunt for Red October. What? <laughs> What made your week? Never mind. No. Just, what made your week so long and hard? Mm, lots of work. You know, work stuff. Autism work, photography work. What kind of work? You got so much work going on. I have lots of Parent work. work, motherhood um, work. I mean, the long my 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 long and hard week was with my day job. But senior season is open, and it's off oh, to a great start. <laughs> Those wascally seniors. It's no, open season it's on the seniors. Open season on You're gonna go seniors. shoot some seniors. I am. It's so disturbing no. when you say I got to go Sen- shoot a kid. <laughs> Senior photography season is open yes. and running, and it's S- exciting. You know, snapping photos or snapping some seniors sounds much better than shooting the seniors. No, I like to tell Although some of their parents might want to shoot the seniors I, at times. They probably do. I just really like saying, I'm going to go shoot a family. I'm going to go shoot a couple. <laughs> I'm going to go shoot a senior because it sounds awful. Oh, <laughs> incredibly inappropriate. But it's is good for a laugh. Yes, so. it's a good laugh. Inappropriate. Mm-hmm. An inappropriate laugh. Well, but still, a still, laugh's it's a laugh. a laugh. Yep, we'll take it. Yeah, how was your week? Um, oh my god, the week was long. I'm trying to remember back. It was so much. Uh, it was calmer than the previous week. Everybody behaved at hockey. It was much well, that's a nice surprise. vibe. In fact, that that C League uh, had zero penalties in their games this week. That's uh, shocking. Oh, I made some sort of kumbaya joke about it in my weekly email <laughs> to the leagues, but it it went. Um, I actually ended up playing three games on Sunday night. I was I had my usual two, and then uh, I got tapped to stick around and sub in the last game. Fun. So I did that without my legs falling off. Good job. <laughs> Nothing like playing three out of the four games that are all back-to-back. Mm-hmm. 
I had enough time in between my second and third game to uh, take one jersey off and put on a lavender one and head Ooh, back out. Pretty. Yeah, while the Zamboni was out, and then it was back to it. Nice. Um, had some fun coaching with the kids, and then uh, coming up this weekend, we've got a full ice game with the U-12s and down in uh, Hammond, Indiana with uh, kind of a hybrid squad because it's spring hockey, so we got kids from South Bend, kids from Valparaiso, kids from Kalamazoo, kids from the local area. Mm-hmm. And we're going to head down there with this hodgepodge team and see how it goes. Kid two is uh, going to be playing center and kid one is the goalie. Awesome. Should be fun. Should be fun. I mean, we've got two kids on the ice, so we double our chances of at least one of them coming home happy. Of course, they could mm-hmm. both be miserable. So I don't know. It could happen. We'll see how it goes. We will. See. We might need Hedging to our bets there. take them to eat somewhere afterwards <laughs> to make them feel better. Yes, because I have adult hockey after that. It's all Sunday, oh. Sunday, Sunday. Sunday is going to be Sunday. Sunday fun day, hockey day. We should just rename it hockey day. We should. Mm-hmm. Hockey day in the Midwest. Hockey day. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about how the game went in the next episode. Yeah. I'm not psychic. I'm a psychologist, not a psychic. So I don't know how <laughs> it's going to go. But we'll talk about it on the next episode along with... Uh, we're coming up on this week is going to be uh, Cinco de Mayo. Cinco de Mayo. It'll Ooh. be fun. Yeah. And this past week, though, I did. Uh, I mean, well, I'm not going to lie. It was kind of nice knowing that we had uh, crappy weather on one of the days, knowing that there was a track meet going on. <laughs> You're mean. I know. <laughs> After years of standing out there with wet feet and frozen fingers and trying to rub my cell phone to keep it awake because it was so cold and the battery would be like you'd be watching it just drop by like yep. not percentage points but by like 10 you know like yeah 30 20 10 5 dead and then you go and plug it in later and it's like oh i got 60 percent battery it was just mm-hmm. too cold and it's all that it's you know i do miss uh coaching i miss the team i don't miss the nonsense that went with it <laughs> Um, and then that was just one of those things like, wait a minute, it's crappy out and I get to go in a nice warm ice rink, relatively speaking. Nice warm ice <laughs> rink. That's ridiculous. And, <laughs> you know, we're places where, you know, yeah, we've talked plenty about why I'm not coaching track. So yes. past episodes, but, uh, yeah, there was just a little bit of an evil grin on that, that like, well, I get to stay dry. I have feeling in my toes and yeah. Cool. So that was kind of. Kind of the week. We had bird drama this week. We did have bird drama this week. Uh, and listeners who have been around for a while know about uh, Stevie Beef last Stevie year. Beef. Stevie Beef, the uh, American robin who set up a nest right in the window, or actually in the bush outside the window of our library, mm-hmm. right at face level for all the kids, especially even Kid 4. She could see what was going on on yep. the inside of the bush. It was so much fun to watch all those little babies grow up last Well, that year. was 2020. This is 2021. Yeah. And we got a new set of eggs all over the place we we do stevie beef came back and she built a nest right on top of her old nest so that whole thing where they tell you don't move a nest is true because they really do come back and and will build right on top of it so we were all excited because we saw her weaving her nest and we're like oh my gosh stevie beef she's back yay we're gonna have babies again yay and then a couple days later i went outside to peek in the nest and there were three little robin eggs inside the nest and it was so exciting and then the day after, I had kind of a hard day at work, and I came home, and I wanted to check to see if she had laid a fourth egg in the nest. And instead of finding four eggs, I found only one egg. Something has eaten Stevie Beef's eggs, and I am just so sad about it. Um, and also, Stevie Beef has not come back to tend to that one egg, so I'm a little bit concerned about that. But 
the other bird drama, but it's actually a little bit concerning. Well, and before you get to that, because it involves Outback. Yeah. In our, in our er- pretty little herb gardens that we use to make drinks. Yes. Well, the first drama that was with the, the invasive black squirrels. No, oh, yeah. And the way I got rid of those, and it worked, took cayenne pepper, just ground cayenne pepper, and I actually got, went to the grocery store and got some cheap cayenne pepper, mm-hmm. and just sprinkled it around the soil in the, the uh, herb pots. Yeah. Try to keep it off the leaves because yeah, we don't want to have don't have a little extra spice. And uh, we had these black squirrels that were coming in and they're just digging, digging, digging down in the dirt. I'm like, what are you looking for? There's no grubs in there. There's no worms in there. But they were just tearing it apart and throwing dirt all over the deck. <laughs> well, the cayenne uh, one came back. He went in one pot and kind of looked around, looked, hopped you in the next the one. Squirrel cayenne? No, kinda looked oh. around. Kinda just looked around. <laughs> <laughs> looked around some more and the next one hopped to the third one hopped to the fourth one and then took off good so he did not like the cayenne pepper good worked fine I'm like yay my herbs are safe mm-hmm. for all my cocktail and cooking needs all yes. summer and fall and maybe into the winter if we dry some too yeah but then a dove appeared she showed up last week and she started trying to build a nest in the pot that has our rosemary no yeah not, not that one our she started trying to build a nest in the With, pot that has the cilantro and the mint in it and the um i don't know what that other thyme yes thyme i was gonna say oregano but oregano is in the one next to it anyway yeah so you dismantled the nest and we were hoping that that would sort of send the message hey this is not a good place for you to have babies don't come back. But it did not. And it wasn't a full nest, but it was the base layer. Yeah. It was the so start. After discovering Stevie Beef's missing babies and getting so sad about that, I walked into the kitchen and we can see the back deck right through the kitchen slider. And I look out and there is that dove sitting right in the middle of our herb pot. And I was like, what is happening here? And then it, it and the took dove me, is just giving you the stink eye and staring at you. She's giving me the worst expression that a bird can possibly make while I stare at her. And I, it took me a few minutes, and then I realized, oh, crap, she thinks that's a nest. So I opened the door to go shoo her away, and she did. She flew right away, and I looked down at the bird pot, and there was this little teeny tiny white squishy translucent egg. And I was like, oh, my God, that bird just laid an egg while I stared at it. Also, I can't handle this egg today. I had a terrible day at work. Stevie Beef's babies are gone, and now there is this egg in the middle of our herb garden that does not get to stay in our herb garden, but I mentally cannot handle having to deal I with it. I was this. not ready to surrender, not just that or part of that basket for the herb garden, but really the whole herb garden, because if there's a dove sitting there incubating those eggs, right. it's not going to take kindly if I'm going to the other ones. Nope. That thing is going to attack you. Plus, we like to sit out on our deck. We got a table out there. We mm-hmm. got a nice little awning that covers the whole thing so we don't fry under the sun. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I took pictures and I posted them to Facebook and everybody had a field day with it. Uh, but I think my cousin won on that one. Oh, for sure. Your cousin came along and he said, well, break the egg and wait for it to return. Make sure the kids are there. Then you can teach them what it sounds like when a dove cries. <laughs> yep. Yep. He won. Um, the runner-up were all the jokes about the world's tiniest omelets. Yeah. Oh, you've got fresh herbs right there, too. Yeah. Um. So you came home a little while later, and I, I told you what happened, and you were like, no way. And I was like, well, go look. And by the time you got home, that egg had started to firm up 
Um, so you were kind enough to deal with it. Yes. Uh, we live on a ravine, and so I returned it to nature, and I'm sure some creature... Enjoyed pr- it. Probably enjoyed having fresh eggs. Yeah. Yeah. But the dove has not been back. The dove has... Actually, been- no. The dove came and like landed on the post, not in the planter, and looked around and gave me the stink eye and flew off. <laughs> we're sorry, little dove. Uh, yeah. You hear, you know, nature's great. You're happy. Well, more than welcome to make a nest in any of our trees and any of our of the bushes, but not the herb garden and not on our deck. No, no, thank you. That's our one little human spot. Yep. And pothole. And, yes, and pothole the frog. And his girlfriend. Divot. Dude, what's going to happen when they have tadpoles? They're going to be like splashing around in that tiny little hole. What is happening in there? <laughs> well. I'm sure there's some sort of birds and the bees joke, but I'm not awake for that. <laughs> not for that yet. <laughs> well, you see, Jessica. <laughs> no, I mean, where do the tadpoles go? They can't Back all live the in there. They make like 75 tadpoles. They'll I end mean, up no, in the pool filter that. or something. Great. That's yeah. great. Yeah. I mean, be. isn't that what happens all summer? They somehow come flying up the, out of like the 30 feet incline. Out of the ravine and end up in the pool filter. And so you guys scoop them out and then like catapult them back into the ravine. They're not tadpoles at that point. They're frogs. Well, I mean, the tadpole stage are still going to stay in the the pods when they start hopping out after that. But that's the thing. There's not enough room in that pot for there to be like a bunch of baby frogs. Anyways, we need something else to talk about. We do. What do you got? I mean, that or we just got to start singing the circle of life. No, no, thank you. No, no, no. Hey, we mentioned it at the end of the last episode, but in case listeners didn't make it all the way to that end, because it was a long episode, uh, we did recently make an appearance on another podcast. We did. You and I were guests on Dietitian's Dish. Yeah. With uh, Nicole and Gina, and we were on to speak about behavior and behavior change and physical fitness and all that. Mm -hmm. It was super fun. Yeah. So if you didn't hear about it on our last episode, we're saying it now at the beginning of this one, go check it out. Dietitian's Dish. You can find it at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all the other podcasts. All the podcast places. Or just Google Dietitian's Dish. They have a nice website out there. Mm-hmm. And check it out. Well, should we get into today's topic? Yes. In our recent string of episodes, we... We did an exercise episode a while back. We did spring into action. I'm getting tuned up and getting in shape for spring workouts that are really prep for summer race season. We did our uh, taking flight episode, which was taste testing tequilas and also talking about marriage. <laughs> we did a hockey episode talking about how hockey's for everyone. We did a communication episode for mental health and well-being and talking to each other and speaking, building relationships. We did uh, the middle school melodrama episode with Kid. Uh, well, not we. I did it with her because you were out I didn't sick. have a voice. But also, again, those relationships, communication, and actually it's fun to see how that parallels adulthood. And that was kind of led into adult <laughs> hockey. We did our Dapper Derby Day uh, last time, which was one of our foodie episodes where we had cooking recipes and cocktail recipes and party ideas and all the essentials for a perfect derby day. Mm-hmm. Something we haven't done in a while is when we put our behavior nerd hats on <laughs> and get all nerdy behavioral psychologist. Woo-hoo. And so I, I kind of want my glasses. Oh, you know, you should have. <laughs> 
Well, you got your PJs on. I do. Which kind of screams grad school. And I've got my PJ pants and a sweatshirt on, which again, screams grad school. Uh, so we're going to we're going to talk about in terms of fitness and exercise programs and training and perhaps even a diet program if you're doing it. Mm-hmm. But that whole personal health and wellness, that self-management piece and talk about that from uh, a behavioral perspective. And we've done a few of these. We've done goal setting. We've done the general layout of how to put together a performance plan. Yeah. We've talked about the. Uh, the things you need to do to kind of keep yourself on track, when to reboot. We've talked about behavior in general and how to measure and assess behavior and how to change behavior. And we've touched on consequences. Yes. And, you know, come on, growing up, who didn't hear the line, actions have consequences? Nobody. I mean, I Nobody. think everybody, everybody heard it. heard it. I think like every grandma said it. Your mom and your dad always said it. your actions have consequences. Well, yes, they do. Behavior, actions, doesn't happen in a bubble. So no matter what you do, you've made some change to the world around you, whether internally or externally, but there's an outcome to every behavior. Yes. So we're gonna we're gonna speak a little bit about those consequences. So you ready? Yes. Let's do a little segue music and then we'll dive right into it. Jessica, what is a behavioral consequence? Something that happens right after a behavior. Yes. And why does it matter? Um, Because depending on the type of consequence, you're either going to increase or decrease that behavior in the future. Yes. Whether you're going to increase or decrease the frequency of that behavior or just increase or decrease the probability of that behavior ever happening again. Yep. Depends on a lot of things. It's that outcome. So you, as a working professional behavior analyst, yes, out in me. the field, you uh, you do a diff- lot of things looking at consequences. Consequences naturally occur. I, w- I always found this interesting when I was teaching that I had students who went, well, if I don't put them in, they don't exist. I'm like, no. or why, why do we even study negative outcomes because that's just unethical to put all those that punishment in and it's like look it naturally whether you're programming it or not (laughs) it naturally occurs yeah if you do something stupid as a kid or as an adult (laughs) and there's a a negative outcome that's just life yep here we go kid number two decided to jump out of his sister's spinning desk chair and then superhero land with his fist on the ground in a squat position. Think Iron Man. Yeah. Or Captain America. Yeah. One of those little dealies. And instead of being this amazing jump and land like apparently he thought it was going to be, he broke his elbow and he seriously broke his elbow. (laughs) Yeah. Natural consequences. Guess what he's never done again? Yes. It's not like something we hate as parents had to be in there and like, oh, that was a bad jump. I guess we got to break your arm. Like, okay, that <laughs> one, that would be absolutely horrible and that person belongs in jail. But two, I mean, there's just natural outcomes. They exist. Uh, if you drink too much and get sick and end up throwing up all night and being really hungover and feel like crap. Guess what you're not going to do tomorrow. Yeah, it's not like there's some overarching power going... 
all right, well, I deemed you you drank too much and you need to drink less, so I'm going to give you a crappy morning and a crappy night. <laughs> it just naturally happens. So these outcomes actually naturally happen. Now, in terms of behavior analysis, behavior analysts, but even like the armchair version where you're just doing self-management, you can manipulate outcomes. And we're giving a lot of negative examples right now, but positive, positive, positive too. So- you can manipulate these things to try to increase uh, desired outcomes going forward. Yeah. Now, of course, we got to throw in the caveat. When you have very, very serious and profound issues, you need to go to a professional. Mm-hmm. If you're dealing with any uh, behavioral issues in terms of... Things that you can't manage on your own. Clinical significance. You can't manage your own. Go to a professional. If you've got a clinical diagnosis to some degree, go to a professional. But if we're just talking about, I want to go running more. Right. I want to eat less chocolate. Mm-hmm. I want to... Quit smoking and, you know, it's your first stab at it. Okay. Now, if you've really been trying for a while, you can't do it and you want to quit, you can go, go to, to a professional. Else. But we're really doing the do-it-yourself version. Mm-hmm. If you are trying and it's not having success, I mean, look, there's people who spend their entire lives dedicated to this field. Go to them. They'll help you. That's what they're there for. Yep. So now that we got that out of the way. And the other thing is, again, you know, regular listeners to our podcast know that we, this is for a general audience. So if you are in the field of behavior analysis and you're going, why are they not going so super technical and nerdy? Well, I mean, we could nerd out all we want and we'll have like two people who want to listen to this. Exactly. <laughs> uh, we'd rather have a more general audience listen in. So chill out. If you want to have a super nerdy conversation, super nerdy. get a hold of us. We'll have a super nerdy conversation with you. It's worth mentioning that this is not supposed to be the end-all be-all to consequences. No, it's just a continuation of the conversation we've had over these various episodes that have to do with behavior and self-management and behavioral programs. And it's really the first time we've concentrated on the topic of consequences. Yeah. Okay. All that out of the way. Uh, Jessica, in your professional life, though, you you do a lot with consequences. And part of that is first just understanding what naturally occurs, what's naturally there when a client is engaging in behaviors. Yeah. And what kind of data are you collecting when you do that? The kind of just the introductory. Oh, we're collecting ABC data. Why is it called ABC data? Antecedent behavior consequences. A, B, C. What's the antecedent part? The antecedent part is the part that happens before, right before the behavior occurs. The behavior is the behavior. It's the action that the person or the client does. It is overt. It is them doing something. It is not them thinking or feeling because a lot of people think that that's part of it, but it's not. It's just the actual action that you can see. That is the behavior. And then the consequence is the thing that happens right after they do that behavior. You know, when uh, when I was still working in the schools and doing clinical work, my behavior techs, this is before they had the RBT um, certification, yeah. but my behavior techs, which were really my undergrads had gone through my class or classes, and then the cream of the crop, I invited to come work for me mm-hmm. as interns, which they were actually paying for credit to come work for me. But uh, they were always amazed because they, in class, they always heard about ABC data yeah, and how it went, and they're like, oh, yeah, yeah. Antecedent comes before the behavior, mm-hmm. which and the consequence comes after. But they always found it weird when they first started working that my data sheets were laid out: behavior, antecedent, consequence. Hmm. 
And they're like, why? This seems backwards. I'm like, well, I'm a guy who likes to collect data. And I also like to be almost kind of make it as most efficient as possible. And if you think about it, who amongst us is psychic? So what you do is you see the behavior. Then it's like, okay, the behavior is good. What just happened before that? Then you write down the antecedent. What happened right after the behavior? You write the consequence. And my brain works left to right. Okay. So that's how I do it. Then then I would take that, and when I cleaned up the data and compiled it and everything, then, of course, the antecedent goes before. But it's not like, like okay, here's the antecedent. At, right. least, at least initially, when you're just trying to do an introductory and see what's going on, it's yeah. the behavior. And then you got to think back, what happened right before that just happened? Mm-hmm. And this is also when we're trying to get descriptive, anecdotal. What all does this client do? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it's fine that you set up your data sheet that way. Mine is just a standard ABC. I don't care how they fill it out, but I want all three of those pieces. I wanted it so that they did, their arm didn't have to jump around yeah, and they well, could work across the page in a very fluid, inefficient manner. I also know that I'm rare on this in the field. Most go, oh, it's ABC data. So like you have to you know write down the behavior and then jump over and do antecedent. I just bumped my mic <laughs> and then jump back. And I'm just like, that's wasted movement. But that's also how okay. that's how I think and trying yeah. to be very efficient. I'm not quite as efficient as okay. you. Okay. Well, we're that's going okay. down the nerdy rabbit hole. Yeah, here. we are. Reel it back in. Reel it back in. So we look at <laughs> behaviors. We look at the consequences. We look at what naturally it occurs when you engage in a behavior. Mm-hmm. And then you go through all sorts of diagnostics when we, what we do. But really, you're looking at like why? What's the function? Why is that? Why is it, yes? Why is the fun- function? Why does that behavior occur? And why is it not occurring at the desired level? Whether that be intensity, frequency, what have you? Yep. We've talked about the, the different dimensions of human behavior. I think back in the behavior episode. Mm, dimensions. Yeah. So how do we get it where we want to go? Well, it all depends on. Where it's happening has to do with the natural consequences. And so if you start tweaking those consequences or you put in, you know, actually you brought up Kid uh, kid 2's arm. When it yeah. was healing, they had to put a cast on it mm-hmm. until it, the fully tissue healed. and the bone fully healed and it was strong enough on its own again. In the same way, if you're trying to change behavior, a lot of times you'll put a little extra scaffolding, a little extra support. And extra contingencies, extra consequences in until those natural consequences become strong enough to maintain that behavior on its own. And then you can pull it back and just let the natural the natural pieces take over. Yeah. Yeah. But why does behavior occur at the level it does and how do you get to it change? All comes down to consequences. And you want to look at different pieces to those consequences too, because not all consequences are created equal. So when you engage in a behavior, Uh, and a consequence occurs, the first off, uh, the outcome is either going to be deemed as positive or negative to the person. And this might change person to person. It can change second to second. It can. It's not likely to happen with exercise, though. But let's say, like, I don't know, somehow the outcome of a behavior produced uh, cilantro. I like cilantro. You hate cilantro. Obviously, the impact on our behavior would be very different if, like, there was a cilantro taste or smell when something happened. Yeah. Uh, but positive or negative, obviously, if it's a positive outcome, behavior is going to go up. It's going to go up, or the probability of it repeating will go up. And if it's a negative outcome, it goes down. This is not, you know, rocket science. That pretty not. much everybody gets this. They do, actually. But at first, it's really abstract, and you kind of have to see it in person to fully grasp just how powerful it is at changing behavior. 
Oh, yeah. And in terms of power, you start putting all these other pieces we're going to talk about together, you can supercharge how powerful they are. Yeah, my favorite, one of my favorite moments at work was actually this person that started working for us, and she'd never done ABA before. And we, you know, she went through her training and everything, and she was finally in with a client. And she was just like, I just don't think this is going to work. And I was like, yeah, just make sure you're reinforcing all those behaviors. You're going to be fine. And I went to do some other stuff, and like an hour or two later, I came back to check on her, and she goes, this stuff works. And I was just like, yeah, I told you. <laughs> Keep doing the things. <laughs> so next up with consequences, though, that will determine how effective it is in maintaining behavior and what you're currently doing versus what you want to doing is the latency of that consequence, because not every consequence happens instantaneous. Yeah. Now, you can get with the theoretical folks and going, well, you know, it's coming even if it is delayed. But the latency, is it immediate or is it delayed? Right. And this stuff, this is true for all living organisms. Uh, in fact, when I taught, we did this with we did this with worms. We did this with rats. We you know, there was pigeon labs. Yep. It works with single cell organisms. Um, yeah. At the basic level. Now, when you get to humans, it obviously gets much more complex because humans are much more complex. In fact, with delay, you can actually you know, you think about it. Nobody's getting paid within 60 seconds of every action they do. You get paid every week or every two weeks or every month. Right. But we're we're verbal beings. You can explain the contingency. You can explain do this work. And at the end of the month, you get a paycheck. Right. Yeah. Which hopefully is enough to live on. <laughs> hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> but you know it's coming. So there's that that piece that helps with human beings. Obviously, you can see this gets really complicated really fast. But mm -hmm. uh, latency, the more immediate, the better. Yep. Uh, think about when you work with your pets, too. If you're going to give your dog, get your dog to do a trick or mm -hmm. to sit or stay or follow a command, the more immediate you are with that treat while you're training them, the better. If yep. you say, you know, roll over and three weeks from now, I'm going to give you a doggy treat. It's not going to work. It's going to take a long time for the dog to make the connection. If ever. Well, that's the other part, though. Um, if it's a really long period of time between the reinforcer and the behavior that they did to get that reinforcer, the odds of them engaging in some other behavior, not the one that you oh, want to reinforce, um, are really, really high. So you want to make sure that that reinforcement is, is immediate or as close to immediate yes. as possible. And for our general audience, we're also talking about do this with yourself. Do not yeah. go around and try to be an armchair oh God, behavior don't. analyst. You'll get sued. With other, don't do no it. kidding. Uh, all sorts of malpractice stuff. But if you want to change a few things in your life, you do not need uh, certifications and licensures mm -hmm. just to tweak a few things in your day-to-day -day routine, your day-to-day -day environment that yep. happen naturally. The next piece with our consequences, though, are is the consistency. Is the outcome certain or uncertain? And this can get into if you want to get our nerd on <laughs> fixed versus variable, whether that's time or ratio. And uh, I'm getting nerdy with schedules of reinforcement and schedules of punishment, but certain or uncertain. Do you know it's going to happen or you think it's going to happen? Intermittent reinforcement. Something where you put in money into a vending machine, you're fairly certain out pops a soda. Yeah. Yeah. How likely are you to shove a dollar or $2 or whatever? They keep getting more and more expensive. Into a vending machine where it's like almost like a slot machine. Is it going to like spit it, out my soda? It's probably not going to happen. Yeah. Because of 
history of reinforcement. Anyways. Now, people are saying, well, why do people sit there and put money in a uh, slot machine? Intermittent we'll, reinforcement. Well, well, we'll get to that in a minute. But uh, <laughs> in terms of like, you know, if you're uncertain it's going to spit something out or uncertain it's going to happen, you're less likely to do it than if you know, hey, 100% of the time it, it's going to be there. You know, and the slot machine thing actually gets to my next piece, which is the magnitude of the consequence. Is it sizable and how sizable? You know, am I doing all this work? What's the, the running joke? This seems like a lot of work. You know, running a marathon, that seems like a lot of work for a free banana. <laughs> and now obviously there is other consequences, the endorphins, everything, the race swag, the feeling better about yourself, the you training. You metal. Right. Those are sizable things. But is it a sizable outcome for every time you go running? Or is it what we like to call small but cumulative effects? So like studying for the SAT or the GRE or the LSAT or the MCAT. Every time I sit down and I study doesn't mean it's a noticeable change. Uh, it's a small but cumulative effect. Same thing with going and lifting weights. I don't go and do two reps with a dumbbell and go, yeah, I'm buff, beefcake. I mean, you should. Well, it, you should. It's you're not gonna get, get your swole on. <laughs> no, you're after not. two reps. It's small but cumulative effects <laughs> over time, and then they build up. That is less reinforcing than immediate. If, immediate. Well, not just immediate, but sizable. Like if I just did two curls and boy, check out the gun show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Screw sleeves, tank tops for everyone. <laughs> so, relatively speaking, uh. While those small but cumulative effects are there, the sizable ones are going to be more effective. And a lot of times when you have a behavior that generates small but cumulative effects over time, they don't maintain. Like who, you know, for those who were getting ready for college or grad school and who were supposed to study, it was difficult to sit down like, yeah, I probably should study. And then you end up in the cram mode waiting for getting ready for the big test. It helps to put in some extra pieces mm-hmm. uh, that with sizable outcomes to reinforce studying or prepping for that big race, whether you're training for a marathon. Of course, with a marathon, there's also that piece of, we're talking about positives and negatives, but there's also that avoidance of, this is going to suck if I don't train. Yes. Which naturally occurs, it exists. But anyway, magnitude, obviously, bigger is better. You hear right there? Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> And then the last piece with these consequences, uh, the schedule. We talked about certain or uncertain. And this is actually an offshoot of that. And does it happen after a certain amount of time or the first response after a certain amount of time or every response, every other response, every fifth response? When does that outcome occur? Yep. That gets into the slot machines where that's a very variable ratio yeah. of when they pay out. But when they pay out, it's it's sizable. Sometimes, though. Sometimes it's giant, but yeah. sometimes it's just enough to keep you going. Yep. And the, the the people behind the programming for those things are kind of behavioral geniuses. They are. They have studied human behavior so much that they know just how often to spit out money and how much money to keep you on there. Yeah. Pulling the little lever. I guess now they're buttons. Yeah, I think they are buttons. I like yeah. the levers. Those are fun. Yeah. 
and we can get into the response cost, the effort you have to put to pull the lever. But mm, that's true. Yeah. It's way easier to just poke a little. There's button. there's a lot going on with that, but that's the behavioral piece. And there's also the flashing colors and lights and the oh, yeah. display. And the that no kinda, clocks and windows. Yeah, there's all those pieces too. And the alcohol. But we're just talking about yes, we're talking about uh, <laughs> consequences today. So if we put all these things together, obviously something that is got a positive outcome, that's immediate. And you're certain it's going to happen. And it's a sizable outcome. That's a very powerful consequence to increase behavior. Yep. If it's negative, if it's immediate, if it's certain and it's sizable, it's going to be a very powerful consequence to decrease behavior. Yeah. Always better, though, to focus on increasing things. Generally. Generally. If it's positive, but it's very delayed, and it's uncertain if it's ever going to show up, mm-hmm. and it's small outcomes that are so tiny that you need a long string of them to come together, mm-hmm. chances are you're not going to keep doing that behavior by itself unless you add extra pieces. That's right. You need some sort of external support. So if I was working on a couch to 5K. Yeah. And I know the outcome, the end outcome is going to be increased cardiovascular health and better living and better quality of life and all these things, which are wonderful. And I would say that's sizable by itself down the road. Down the road. It's very delayed. It's very future. It's positive. Very positive. But chances are it's not going to be enough to get my butt off the couch by itself. Nope. So what kind of, uh, in terms of these these dynamics of consequences, what kind of other consequences would I need? You want something that's positive, immediate, and certain. And noticeably sizable. Yeah. It's got to be sizable enough for you. It doesn't need to be a new car every time you go running. That that kind of sizable. That would be amazing. But something noticeable, right. not where it's like, well, my cells... My my cells are slowly shredded. My cells are shredded and are coming back together to be stronger. Sure. Yeah. And what that will be is going to vary from person to person. And we do... We in the field, mm-hmm. when we're working, do preference assessments, whether that's in a business setting or a clinical... Uh, center type setting where educational setting where you're at we check and see what people like what they don't like yep lean towards they like and usually in a professional sense we look at what they don't like so that we can just avoid even offering messing with it. that yeah offering that we don't want to accidentally Punish offend something. or upset them yeah it's not like we're going around punishing people because there's a lot of ethical concerns with that so yeah. when you're also working with your own behavior watch out for just getting super negative and pushing things down. It's better just to build up the desired behavior, especially when they are incompatible with each other. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want to decrease just sitting on the couch and throwing potato chips in your mouth and increase running instead of just trying to punish the uh, the potato chip eating behavior of watching, car- you know, binge watching Netflix all the time, <laughs> just ignore it. Build up the running piece. Mm-hmm. Because you can't do both at the same time. You can't be sitting on the couch eating potato chips and outside running at the same time. So just shore up that running piece. Add some extra positive consequences to that. And you know what the other outcome to that is? You'll be tired. You'll go to sleep. And you'll be too tired to go eat all those potato chips <laughs> while you're binging Netflix. It's true. Yep. You know, I do want to bring up, and this is part of my uh, my nerdiness, is... There, there are examples of focusing on the negative yep. out in the literature. And we have a library at home, and we've got all sorts of old journals and everything. And I, 
I like going and finding those old studies. Jesus. And, you know, ethics have come a long way. Thank goodness. Ethical guidelines, requirements. But if you go back to the old studies, you find stuff where it's like, holy crap, this would never get approved today. Nope. But it's especially back in the 60s, there's all sorts of stuff to there look at. There's a lot of crazy stuff that happened in the 60s with behavior. So I... Uh, I have the the Journal of Applied Behavior Analysis, a, a, a very, very extensive collection of them. And back in volume one, uh, they had a, a stud in their very, very, very first one they put out in 1968. So the glorious 60s in behavioral and psychological research was like almost like the Wild West. <laughs> they were in their infancy. <laughs> so this is by way, no ways a representative sample of where the field has come today. And it is leaps and bounds. Oh, for sure. Beyond. This would never, ever happen today. But there was a study that was published in 1968 called The Effects of Shock as a Punisher for Cigarette Smoking. So even back then, they were trying to stamp out cigarette smoking. Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously, if we did this today, we would we would reinforce incompatible behavior, something else with your hands or your chewing mouth. Chewing gum. Chewing gum, something to increase. Knitting. So you can't, you know, which is ethically is a much better way of doing this mm-hmm. in that we're doing something positive and it just happens you can't do the behavior you don't want to do. Also, uh, at the same time, positive consequences will have longer lasting effects than negative consequences. So this uh, one of the things I found fun and what they did for this study was they basically built a device and it was kind of from an engineering aspect. It's intriguing because they had the cigarette case, which is back when people carried cigarette cases, but they engineered it. So it had a counter. So every time they opened it up and took out a cigarette, it would count and mm-hmm. collect data for the, the observers. Plus, they That's had cool. observations. But also, when you open it up, it shocked you. Great. Yeah. (laughs) And that gets into the piece that's like, oh, this would never get approved today. Mm -hmm. But they did it because it was the 60s. And uh, what's interesting is they they um, they had 20, uh, 20 participants. They they call them subjects in this because also back then they were still calling their participants subjects. Even though they at that point, you still had to volunteer. You weren't forced into it. Yeah. Uh, now we refer to it when we do research, we always refer to the participants as participants because they are free to bail out at they any time. They absolutely can. But they, had, uh, they solicited 20 subjects, which we also probably wouldn't use the term solicited because that has negative connotations these days. But again, the 60s. <laughs> out of those 20, six volunteered. <laughs> they basically heard, this is what we're going to do. And these people said, yeah. 14 said, <laughs> that. <laughs> Out of the six that volunteered, the number of participants remaining in the experiment more than one day after they put in the punishment piece, the electric shock piece, (laughs) three. Okay, so let's just talk about those three people for a minute, because if you are so desperate to quit smoking that you will endure this for more than one day, like that is a really big deal. I know. Yeah. When it's all said and done, though, they, they went through this and said, look, basically what it set up was... The participants started engaging in all sorts of avoidance behaviors to avoid yeah, having to get shocked. Did. It didn't necessarily squash the smoking piece. It's just they started avoiding opening the case, Ooh. which meant it's really like an ineffective uh, method for decreasing the target behavior, which in this case would be smoking. Right. So they could, in theory, pick that closed case up, smash it against the wall and have all the cigarettes pop out, right? Or bum a cigarette off of somebody. 
yeah, they basically concluded, and this is back in the 60s, concluded uh, electric shock, not a, uh, and this is just a mild shock, but not an effective manner mild. for decreasing uh, smoking behaviors. And they also put in there just use of aversive shock for eliminating other undesirable behaviors is really not effective and not worth doing. So, yay, they did it in the 60s. And yeah. Yeah, because as soon as they take the little electrical cigarette cases away, those people are going right back to smoking because there is nothing stopping them at that point. And that's why punishment is not super effective. No, you don't increase behavior, desired behavior, by punishing things. Now, why do I bring this up? It's not to badmouth our field or any other field. Mm -mm. Because, again, all the fields, even like just... Medicine. Yeah, internal medicine has crazy... really, really weird. Crazy when they were in their infancy. Yeah. Look at the, like, remember the Nick? Yes, that's exactly what I was thinking of. (laughs) Okay, we're going to do this C-section, but uh, you're all going to die. But we're going to do it anyways. Or, you know, we're going to we're going to do this and we're going to try to oh, we're going to cauterize the wound. Oh, wait, we just electrocuted or lit you on fire. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so I brought this up uh, because it's like I think the key in all of this as we go through this is do no harm. Do no harm to others and do no harm to yourself. So if you're engaged, trying to do that self-management, that self-help piece and then change your behavior and you're in some way doing it in a way that like you're hurting yourself. Mm-hmm. One, we in the field know. That's not the way to do it. And two, you need to go get professional help from someone who can help you in a positive way so you aren't hurting yourself. Yeah. You should not be going around shocking yourself. Don't do that. Or some way, other way, hurting yourself. <laughs> Even like the rubber band snaps, you know, where they oh, say put yeah. the hair tie or the rubber band on your wrist. Every, every time, time I swear, you you're to... supposed to slap yourself or whatever. Or... Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, That's not going to work because eventually you're not going to wear that rubber band anymore. What you should be doing is coming up with a positive outcome to reinforce the appropriate ad- language use. Yes, the appropriate uh, behavior that is incompatible because you can't say the inappropriate word and the appropriate word at the exact same moment. You know what I like to do? What's that? I like to substitute words for swear words. Such words as? that are fun. So instead you of clearly saying, don't when we're doing the podcast because then I have to like this is my bleep house stuff out. And I don't have to. Um, but at work, I do have to. And so instead of saying like, oh, shit, I will say, oh, popsicles, because it sounds hilarious. And then people laugh at me. You know me. what the and classic it's example is? having people laugh at me. So I am more likely to use it again in the future to get other people to laugh. I was going to say the, the classic that goes with this is from A Christmas Story. <laughs> oh, fudge. Right? Oh, fudge. Except for I didn't say fudge. <laughs> love that movie so much obviously this episode's not going to be an extensive end all be all seminar in behavioral consequences but it's really a crash course and an explanation how to do this so we've talked about those dynamics of consequences how you combine those different dynamics to make them stronger consequences um obviously if there's something you want to that's competing you can actually undermine the consequences to go with it to weaken the outcome so mm-hmm. that you're Desired outcomes, consequences are more powerful. We've gone through some ethical concerns, uh, mainly just in a nutshell, do no harm to yourself or others. Yeah. And actually, unless you're trained in this, you shouldn't be doing anything with others, just yourself. Just yourself. I think after uh, several marathon episodes, this might be a short one because I've got some takeaways and then we'll... Do the RAC. Do the Red Arrow Challenge stuff. So... The big takeaways, Jessica, and you've got some too. Okay, Marco. Uh, the big takeaways when working with consequences, when looking at consequences, especially if you haven't had in-depth training on this, but really if you're just trying to 
do it at home, mm-hmm. we've got six takeaways. And the first one is... Something you can control. Yes. If you can't control it, then it's just popping in and you want it. You want something that's contingent and that you can make sure that it's contingent on the behavior. If it's sometimes contingent on your behavior and other times just randomly happens for no reason, it's hard to build that bond, that association between the behavior Mm -hmm. and the consequence. And that gets into the certain piece. Is it certain or uncertain that that behavior is resulting, that that behavior causes that consequence to occur? And we are looking for that causal relationship. It's not a correlation. It is a causal relationship. Mm-hmm. What's number two? The more immediate, the better. And even if it's not a delivery right away, because we are human, at least you have to have, and now we're getting nerdy, that rule govern piece where you know that as soon as you're done, it is certain that it's coming. Yeah. But you want that certainty that it's coming mm-hmm. to happen the second you finish. Yes, you do. Yes. So... The sooner the better. Number three, Jessica. You want outcomes that are big enough to be noticeable right away. Yes, you want those sizable outcomes. Uh, If you are engaging in a behavior that produces outcomes that are so super tiny and small, but cumulative and add up over time, it's going to need some sort of extra support, almost like that cast on Kid uh, kid 2's arm, Mm -hmm. until it really takes off. Going for one run is not going to prep you for a marathon, especially if you're coming off the couch. Yeah. Yeah. So you're going to need that extra piece to keep you, to support you until it's like, yeah, I got this. And now the everyday running is kicking in. What's number four? Do no harm to yourself or others. Keep things positive. Only focus on the positive. Don't be going around and trying, I'm going to punish and squash everything. Because if you don't know what you're doing, one, you turn it into a behavioral whack-a-mole. Where a replacement uh, undesired behavior pops up. Oh, yeah. And all of a sudden you're beating everything down and just life is miserable. So focus on shoring up and reinforcing and facilitating those desired adaptable behaviors. You don't want to go after the maladaptive because it's not, it's a rabbit hole. You don't want to go down, especially if you're not trained and you don't know what you're looking at. Yeah. Yeah. Plus. Focusing on the positive, there's just helps with that mindset and a bright, rosy outlook on life. So go with that. Number five, Jessica. Don't use food or counterproductive behaviors. Oh, as your outcomes. As your outcomes, yes. It's true. If your goal is to get in a better body shape. Or a lower weight. Weight. You uh, cannot reinforce yourself with cookies. You just can't. (laughs) Well, you could, but But it's it's counterproductive. It's not going to work. You're not going to drop that weight. I Trust went, me. went for a run and I ate a family-sized thing of Chips Ahoy in one sitting. Why am I not losing weight? This is a mystery. Call the FBI. It's a mystery, yes. <laughs> uh, if you're studying for an exam, uh, it's like, okay, if I go for a 15-minute run, I get to play 15 hours of video games. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. <That's... laughs> Guess what? Now you're up all night and now you're exhausted. You're too tired, you're tired to, to go for tomorrow. the run the next day. Yeah. What's number six? We, we hit this right off the bat. If you're taking a swing at this, you're doing the self-help approach, you're not getting the outcomes you want, it's just not successful, call in the pros. Yeah. They're there. They're available. There's plenty around the country you can call on and around the world. Call in the pros. Get some help. Uh, there's no shame in that. 
that's what they're there for. That's what they've dedicated their lives to. They spend all their time in school and out in the field and doing clinicals and everything. They'll help. They, Absolutely. They live and breathe behavior. They're a bunch of nerds like us. Yep. So, yeah, that's our big takeaways. That's This is our consequence uh, episode and helps keep our average. We like to keep these episodes close to an hour. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we end up almost at three because the conversation takes off. But there we go. Yay. So before we take off, Jessica. Yes, Marco. We got to give a shout out to the latest round of champions in the Red Arrow Challenge. The Red Arrow Challenge is our weekly multi-sport competition. Compete in any of the categories or the composite points. Points! <laughs> across all the age groups, and we give a shout out to the champions each week. And for the most recent week, the champions are... Swimming! 20 to 29, Lexi. No 30 to 39-year-olds. 40 to 49, try, try again. Try, try again is back. 50 to 59, A.R. Miller. 60 to 69, Kilogram Mill. Nobody older than that. And for our featured members, which are you and me. Yeah, neither of us went swimming. It's cold here. Running. 9 and under, Easy E. 10 to 19, Lucky Dude. 20 to 29, Gator Boy. 30 to 39, The Logan. 40 to 49, try, try again. 50 to 59, Johnny Be Good. Nobody older than that. And our featured members, I was on top. Walking. 9 and under, Easy E, 10 to 19, Soleil, 20 to 29, Lexi, 30 to 39, Wildcat with a K, 40 to 49, Vino Mia, 50 to 59, Mary Mary, 60 to 69, Sunny D, nobody older than that. Featured members, me. Biking on road. Clearly it's warming up because I'm starting to see more and more of this coming in. 20 to 29, H Kaner 305, 30 to 39, Cyclopath, 40 to 49, Cyclone, 50 to 59, Trek Tim. 60 to 69, Kilogram Ill, featured members, me. Biking off-road. 20 to 29, Husky Mike, Husky with an I. 30 to 39, Dirt Devil. 40 to 49, 906 Laker, nobody older than that, and you and I didn't go off-road. No. Your little cruiser would not do well it, off-road. No, it's painful. Sit down paddling. 40 to 49, Jesse's Girl, and that was it, everybody who went... Uh, sit down paddling kayaking was in the 40 to 49 range mm-hmm. stand up paddling 20 to 29 gator boy 30 to 39 me west 40 to 49 coffee dude 50 to 59 teddy 68 60 to 69 sunny d and you and i don't stand up paddle <laughs> cross-country skiing whole lot of nobody skating 20 to 29 lexi 30 to 39 wildcat 40 to 49 great one with a number eight in there 50 to 59, G. Smith, 60 to 69, Pac Mac, featured members, me. Hockey. Nine and under, Yellow Ninja, 10 to 19, Soleil, 20 to 29, Husky Mike, 30 to 39, Benny, 40 to 49, Coach T, 50 to 59, Herb, 60 to 69, Pac Mac, featured members, me. Points. Nine and under, Easy E, 10 to 19, Soleil, 20 to 29, Lexi, 30 to 39, Wildcat. 40 to 49, try, try again. 50 to 59, Mary Mary. 60 to 69, Sunny D. Nobody older than that. Feature members, me. Hooray! So that's it for this round of Champions in the Red Arrow Challenge. Next week, we'll have the next week's worth. If you want to participate, go to our Instagram. Our handle is Red Arrow HW. The link in the bio has a spot where you can create a username and also has a spot where you can go put in your totals for each week. You put your totals in. We tally them up, and if you're on top in your age group in any of those categories, you get to hear your name on the podcast or your username. Woohoo! That's how it works. Easy. Yeah. Well, this has been fun. This was a nice change of pace. I think our last behavioral episode was episode 45. 
Yes. Behavior. So we haven't done one in a while. It's good to get our nerd on. It is good to get our nerd on. We won't be getting our nerd on next week. We'll be doing something different. Yay. Yeah, I got a fun topic set up. That's exciting. So check back. And you can listen to all our episodes. You can find them online. They're free to listen to. We drop new episodes on Mondays almost every week. Mm-hmm. Spanning behavior, food, diet, Drinks. cocktails, family life, kids, parenting, exercise, training, all that good racing, stuff. coaching, all that stuff. It all fits into under the umbrella that we're doing. Uh, but for now, I got a lot to get done today. So, Jessica, this has been fun. Loads of fun. Bye. Bye.